please welcome the host of the top-rated podcast called Podcasting Made Simple, and also the founder of podpros.com, a software company focused specifically on the podcasting industry, including this massively popular service called Podmatch. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Alex Sanfilippo. Welcome, sir. Yes, thank you so much. I've been like backstage laughing while I was drinking your orange juice and eating your cookies because one, I got those things. Um, thank you for sending them in the mail, by the way, so I could have sure. them backstage at Anytime. my home. Anytime. Uh, Prime no, delivery. What I'm thankful for is, is both of you. Like really thankful to be here today. You guys are experts at what you do. I, I've been just consuming the show from a podcast stand, standpoint, but uh, really just honored to be here with you guys. Well, thank thanks, you so much. so much. Yeah. yeah. Alex, it, you know, you... Um, I. You have done this probably more than anyone. And I, you know, we always talk to people, we always talk to podcasters, whether they're guests or hosts, is is how do I get better? How do I develop? You know, and everyone does a lot of consumption, right? They're consuming us right now. They're either listening and or watching uh, us right now. And that consumption is great. It's great to learn this stuff. It's great to learn to to read books, but it's really about the action, right? It's a it's so if you go back and have you ever gone back and listened to your first podcast you ever did? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd do it again. Um, <laughs> it was a painful experience. But no, I, I did. And at one point, I, I th- it's funny, when I finally did, it was probably a year into podcasting. I went back to listen to it with the assumption of it was me worse than it actually was. I listened to it. I'm like, you know, that wasn't great. But like, it wasn't terrible. So yeah, I've done that. But you know, like now I'll regularly listen to myself and it's still... I don't think anyone ever gets fully comfortable with that. Or maybe I just don't have enough reps yet. But I still mm. do it not in a way to make myself a perfectionist, right? Of like, oh, so you got to be better than that. No, of like, you know what? I could have delivered that more powerfully for listeners. So yeah, I, I make that a regular practice of what I do to go back and hear myself so I can get better for the people that are trusting me with their time. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Alex. I, I think all of us, right? I mean, I, I remember way back when there were cassette tapes. And some of you listening don't know what that is. It's this thing that went in a thing called a tape player. <laughs> and I remember me and my buddies like would record our voices on it. And it was like, it seems like the worst thing is listening to your own voice because you always think you sound bad. And and I think even as you keep doing this, it's still like, I still feel like my voice could be better. And, you know, but these sure uh, MV7s do a great job of trying to help us do that. Yes, they do. I, I will share this. The first time I ever got on a microphone was actually at my church and they were doing like a sound check. And I was like, does my voice really sound like this? And everyone's like, yeah, why? I'm like, I sound terrible. And everyone, <laughs> and the sound person goes, everyone says that. And I was like, cool. So my voice doesn't sound bad. Everyone just assumes that their voice sounds bad. So um, I love that. And by the way, Amazon probably sells cassette tapes again. One of my buddies, oh. he's in a big band <laughs> and they sold out of cassettes. And their demographic is like 15, 16 year olds. So I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. I'm like, hold on now. Like, do they even know how to, what that is? Like, <laughs> I bet on Amazon. We could probably find that. That's amazing. So, Alex, here's where I'd love I'd love to start off with because I want to get into the books because great job, by the way, one, just really super well done with the book series. I think I think the whole thing is very smart. It's not just about Podmatch and all about Podmatch. That is certainly you know and should be uh, you know a, a a huge component of those, and it is. But there's just so many really, really super quality evergreen nuggets that are in. Is evergreen nuggets even a thing? I don't know. But there, it really is is high quality. But one of the things that I find really interesting that I'd love to be able to have you speak to is a lot of the people that listen and watch our show are entrepreneurs. And they have this 
this journey and they may be at certain spots in the journey. And you are sitting here with uh, what I would consider uh, a successful software company that you've created and been a part of. And, you know, Pod Pros is, is something that, you know, is, is, you know, sort of the standard for a lot of people. And you've really fit and filled sort of a solved like a pain point for a lot of podcasters and what you've done. But you didn't wake up like this. You started and had a, you had a journey that led you to that point that included the success, but also probably included some failures. I'd love for, uh, for our listeners, our viewers to, to sort of hear, hear about that. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, thanks for opening the mic for me on, on that. This, I don't get to talk about this often. So it's always great to, to do this, but this was go back years. I had a 15 year career in, in aerospace. And real quick, anyone who's watching or listening, you should know a few things. I was not a skydiver, was not a fighter pilot, and was not an astronaut. Just making that real clear here. We focused <laughs> below the atmosphere and we were a parts manufacturer. Yeah. So you all assume I've been to the moon. I'm sorry. I'm not another one of your guests who has been to the moon. So has not happened. Oh, okay. Let's end the conversation right, right now, guys. Alex. All credibility <laughs> is gone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but so what, what, like what happened with that career, Like I loved it. And I worked behind a desk and I really enjoyed it. I ran the commercial operations division. So I was a senior director at the company and worked my way up to the executive level. And I was controlling profit margins and processes. And that's, that's what I did. And I thoroughly enjoyed that line of work. And obviously, I worked my way up to that, right? So it was a 15-year career. But at year 12 or year 13, it all gets blurry over time. But at one of those years, somewhere between then, the company went public. We, we, we sold to a bigger company. We're a multi-billion dollar organization, went public. It was really fun to be part of that. However, I had this experience one day that changed it for me. And I, I saved, I helped the company save 10% margins in like a, a cumulative of five R divisions. Like, so it was huge. I mean, it was like a big, like saving 10%, like across the board. That was amazing. So, like in my head, I did this, but I didn't really. I went, I dropped, I was on the executive team. I went straight to my CEO's office. In my head, I kicked his door down on the way in. I didn't really do that. I respectfully opened it up. Also in my head, I put my feet on his desk when I was telling him this. I also didn't do that. But I sat there. I'm like, hey, did you see, uh, did you see what we did? And he goes, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, we, uh, we, we saved 10%. Like we didn't, we didn't go over by 10%. He's like, no, no, I know. I saw it. He goes, the shareholders are really not happy though. Like you didn't tell them that we were going to do that. They could have been selling the stocks at a higher level if we would have told them that that was going to happen. And, and I, I didn't get in trouble necessarily. But I remember walking out of that office, going down the hall back to my office feeling a little bit defeated and realizing, you know what? I think I've always been a little bit of an entrepreneur, even though I've been in this company and I can't do that anymore. And at that point in my career, thankfully, my, my performance always stayed the same. And I will say, this is a side note, but my last year at that company was my best. I left on a good foot because I believe the way you end one season is the way you begin the next. Even a year later, they invited me back to come speak at somebody's going away party, which was really cool. So I left on good terms. I did the company right. But that year 12, year 13 mark, wherever that was, I made the decision walking out of my office that day that it was time to go. I did not know how to do that. And this is where podcasting comes into play. My, my brilliant mind, or lack thereof, decided the best way to learn how to become an entrepreneur would be to talk to entrepreneurs. Didn't want to pay people to do that. And I was like, you know what? I'll start a podcast. I will talk to people who have successfully left a 9 to 5 job to pursue entrepreneurship full-time. I'll bring them on. I will ask interesting questions and make it in a way that people want to hear it. Thankfully, that show actually did really well. It turns out I'm not the only person who wanted to leave a 9 to 5 job. And uh, I just like listened and learned. And two things happened during that sprint of that podcast. I learned how to become an entrepreneur. And I realized that I wanted it to be in the podcasting space specifically. And that was like a really cool moment for me. So I started like... My show did well, like I said. So I started speaking at podcasting conferences, getting great opportunities, and just falling more and more in love with the people that made up this industry. It's an abundance mindset industry. Aerospace is 
kind of cutthroat. Like the person sitting next to you is your friend, but also don't cross them because they will steal your sale. That type of thing, right? But like, I just learned that like, man, this industry has so much room, so much abundance. We can serve together. And ultimately, that's what led me to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. It was, it was both podcasting and just really learning to that craft and what it looked like. So you, in a way, you used your podcast to talk to entrepreneurs. It wasn't like, I'm, I'm starting this podcast to make money. I'm starting this podcast because it's maybe fun, although you probably made it fun and realized it was and that you developed that passion. You didn't even know at that point. You said, I want to talk to entrepreneurs and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I tried little monetization. Like, here's the thing. I don't want anyone to ever listen to me and think that I was like a, a one-hit wonder. Like, I just made it, right? Like, no, I, I had a bunch of failed attempts. And it was a couple of years. So there, there's a gap there, right? I started a podcast and learning this between year 12 and 13, but I was there for 15 years. So keep that in mind. There was some time there where I was like trying things, failing, trying, failing. But I think that that's really part of entrepreneurship. Anyone who says, yeah, I hit it right the first time, might have just gotten lucky, right? Like part of being a good entrepreneur is trying things and, not, and then not working, but getting right back up and trying again. And so yeah, I tried things along the way, but the podcast was again, that connection vehicle and that learning hub for me. Like I, I made it a point to read a host book if I was going to interview them. And that gave me pressure of like, I'm interviewing them four days. I got to read this whole book, right? And I can learn and grow from that. And that's, it, it was my primary learning vehicle of the time. How did you turn the page there from, from these failures? You're talking about multiple failures through here. What kept you driven through all of that? Yeah. I don't know what necessarily kept me driven other than the fact that I knew I wanted to, to be, an, I wanted to create something. I wanted to be that entrepreneur. And I, I can't even really explain it. Like I just, I believe we're all created beings and as created beings, we all have some desire to create, whether that's in an organization, whether that's just some hobby for fun. But for me, I, if I go back to my childhood, and this is not to put myself down at all, like I'm not naturally good at a lot of things. Like I wasn't a good athlete as a kid. I wasn't even good at video games. And like you hope to get one or the other, right? But I wasn't a, I wasn't a smart student. All my brothers are musicians. I can't clap on beat. Like it's like, what happened? But the one thing I was good at from a kid was I understood business for some reason. And so mm. when I thought about like being creative the way that I can, I just knew that it was to creatively serve the world with some sort of business venture. And what I ultimately learned, like if I can summarize entrepreneurship real quick, it was I learned to find an area of passion, to get into the community, to find out what that community was struggling with, and to create a solution for that problem that they had. It, like those four steps, like I'm not saying like, I don't mean to, to simplify it to that level. I talked to hundreds of people, right? They're like a gifted in their craft. But at the end of the day, like that's what it boiled down to. And the turning point for me was stopping the art of trusting my own, my own idea, which is what so many of us creative people do, right? Like we have an idea, we want to try it. I stopped having ideas and I started looking for problems with people that I cared about, which again, were podcasters. So when I started identifying their problems, I was able to build a solution for something that existed, not an idea. I got an idea based off of a problem and offered that solution. Wow. Yeah, and you know it's 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 very similar, you know, conceptually to when we talked to Mark Savant uh, a few weeks ago as well. It's like once you figure out that people have problems and that you have the cure, uh, and you have the medicine for that, that's when things start rolling. And so let's talk about rolling into Podmatch because I, I, from what I understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you sort of elaborate on this. This was, was this sort of the origin of this happened during or maybe around the time of the last in-person event of 2020 before this pandemic, 
which was PodFest and uh, just talking to pod, uh, podcasters and realizing there was a pain point. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, it is. And and real quick to jump back to something, you mentioned Mark Savant. That episode, I, I listened to... I'm Team Replay, by the way. So go Team Replay. Like audio, right. I love that. I was in the gym today. And I listened to the episode from... It was 11.9 as we all released it. And it was about achieving six figure... Uh, six figures through podcasting, more or less, with Mark Savant. I highly recommend that if you're enjoying this, go back and listen to that because that is an epic episode that you all did. So quick shout out there. But, but yes, you're absolutely right. So again, I was I had a show that gave me a platform. So I was speaking at these events. And that one specifically, there's about 2,000 people at this PodFest Orlando. And literally, that was like the week the world shut down. Like, you know, leave it to Florida. Florida is the first or the last to shut down, the first to open up. That's kind of how we roll. Um, <laughs> side note there. But uh, anyway, uh, while I was there, I made a point. I told my wife, when I get off stage, I'm going to ask these people what they're struggling with. I'm just going to ask anyone who will talk to me. And here's the thing. like, If you speak on stage, people are nice. If you're a good or bad speaker, it doesn't matter. People are going to line up to say thank you for being there, right? And so every single one that would give me that time, I just had like a little notepad. And I was just, well, it was a notepad on my phone. I'm like, like drawing it like I was actually writing it. But I was on my phone, right? And just checking a box every time somebody said something. I heard a lot of things, but 100 people, I ended it 100 people that said the same thing. Alex, I'm having trouble finding the ideal guest for my show. Mm. And the weird thing is the rest of that conference that was in my head, and I started meeting people that were like, oh, I don't have a podcast, but I have this book. Do you know any podcast I could be on? And I was like, man, there might be something here. And I went home and again, I found the problem and I was like, I think I can do something with this. Strangely enough, it took me about a week before it like really hit, but I whiteboarded it out and I was like, you know what? Like an industry that does this well is the industry of dating apps. It connects people that might be interested in each other together. I'm like, what if we could connect a guest and a host based off of their expertise and what they're interested in having on their show? And for lack of a better term, that's what we built. We built what's like a podcast or sorry, like a dating app for podcasters. And, uh, yeah, the funny thing is I've never used a dating app because I've been married um, too long for that. They weren't around yet. And we actually took it a step further, which I didn't realize. Dating apps apparently don't help you schedule the date. They kind of leave that on you. We actually help you schedule the interview so you never have to exchange an email. I'm like, man, maybe dating apps should take a note from us. But I digress. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, note to uh, all of the dating apps, Christian Mingle. And I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what the dating apps are either. I've, I've been married for for years. Um, but I, lo- I love the fact that you identified a problem. Like you didn't even, like there wasn't even a, a concept in your mind, like this is what I'm going to do. I, I wonder if these people can help me prove uh, what this concept is. You just over and over and over. And by the time you hit 100, you're like, this is it. This is the pain point I got to go after and I have to figure out how to solve it. Yeah. And you know, one thing I'll add to that is entrepreneurs, myself included, we overcomplicate problems by a long shot. Mm. And I, I learned this from actually the, one of the guys at PodFest, Chris Kermitzos. He has a book called Start Ugly. And it just means basically like start before you're ready. That book is also on Amazon, by the way. And if there's one book you buy, I would love for you to buy mine, but go buy that one first. I'm just going to say that. Um, start Ugly, Chris Kermitzos. It's on Amazon. That's the only place you can get it, actually, I think. Um, but go grab that. And, and here's why. Like, I need to remember, okay, this is the problem I'm solving. I didn't need to say, okay, well, I need to help them launch a podcast or I need to help them become expert guests first, right? You know, at the end of the day, what we launched, the idea came like when I finally whiteboarded out and, and wrote up paperwork with my partner, the, the developer side of things, all that was March 15th and on, or sorry, March 10th, 2020. And on June 15th, 2020, we launched an early beta. We didn't have a logo or anything. And we just, you want to know who I, I marketed to? I told the hundred people that said they have a problem. They gave me their contact information. I said, does this solve the problem? And some were like, well, it doesn't really like, it doesn't have a logo and it's kind of slow. I'm like, does it solve the problem? Yeah, right. it does. I'm like, perfect. 
Now we can focus on continuous improvement. Let's make it better. But before we added more features, we want to make sure that it actually was a pain point that was worth solving. Because some entrepreneurs, they'll go like way big. And the problem is when they go back and be like, here, I solved your problem. Some people might be like, oh, well, I just like to complain. I don't really want to do anything about it. Right? Like, and so don't spend too much time and money on it before you really validate the fact again, like making sure, is this really going to solve the pain point? And am I doing it at the smallest level? Yeah, I love this too, because this is something that Chris is, uh, he knows I'm really excited about this term. And, and I don't know if Chris invented it, but I always give him credit. What we're doing right now, right? We're live solving people's problems. We're not selling, we're solving. And I think that what you've done is, right? You, you've helped people solve this problem of how do we, you know, how do we find those good guests? Or, uh, you know, if we're a guest, how do I find those good shows that want to share in my message that, you know, because ultimately it should be a win win situation. It shouldn't be one wins and one, you know, is, is kind of the, the slave to it. So I, I love how in these two books, we kind of see both perspectives, right? And Chris, you, you bring this up a lot too, is sometimes when people come to you as a, a, as a podcast uh, consultant, and, and Alex, you may run the same thing, is like people say, well, I want to have a show. But the truth is that people don't always need a show because what they really want to do is talk about their, you know, their expertise, the thing that they want to help people solve. And so sometimes they're better off actually staying as a guest and not getting into the hosting side of things. I, I completely agree with this. As a matter of fact, I, I just spoke last weekend at a conference. And one of the first things I said, because someone they were, I was talking about starting a podcast. That's what the topic they had me do. The very first thing I said is, maybe you shouldn't start a podcast. And I just paused. People were like looking around like, what the heck? <laughs> is he trying not to speak? You know, like, what's this guy here for? I said, what you should do is, okay, first off, invest a little bit. Like, even if you're just going to be a guest, buy this M- Sure MV7, right? Um, buy some good earbuds to put in. Buy like a nice... I use a Logitech 4K camera. Like, you guys have nicer gear than I do. But like, my stuff is USB. I plug it in to a laptop and I'm done, right? Like, and I love that. But I tell people like, go be a guest first. Invest in this gear. And here's the, here's the secret about this gear. In 2020, you could have sold it for more than you bought it for. But now you can sell it for what you buy it for. So if you decide you hate it, you throw it on like Facebook Marketplace or something like that. Like it'll be gone like that for what you paid for it. That's just how this industry is. Um, so fun hack there for you. But invest in it and go on a few shows. Before you start one, go on a few. What I've had people do is they've been like, okay, Alex, I'll give it a shot. They email me like, I freaking hate podcasting. Like, thank <laughs> God I didn't waste six months trying to come up with my own show. Like this is right. the worst ever. And I have other people be like, this is so good. I don't actually need a show because I'm like scratching the itch of talking the way I want to. I don't need the show. And then there's also that third category, right? Of people are like, this is amazing. I'm starting a show. These people are already going to come on my show because now I have some built-in guests that are ready to go. Like, the, I think starting with being a podcast guest is the way to go when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, and you touch on this. You know, there's a thing uh, called Podfade, and I'm sure yep. you're familiar with it, uh, Alex and and Jim. I've probably said it a hundred times in front of you, so you obviously know what it is. But you know, some of our viewers and listeners, and some of our new viewers, which by the way, if you're watching on any of the other places and we're seeing all of these comments and putting them on the screen, thank you for joining us. If you want to join us over on Amazon, where we have these two new books from Alex Sanfilippo, which is Podmatch, Guest Mastery and Host Mastery, uh, all of this stuff, we're just scratching the surface on what is included in these, uh, in these books. Um, but I, you know, something that you touched on that, um, I really wanted to just kind of peel back. I think a lot, you, you talked about, um, you know, just 
don't start a podcast and the whole pod fade thing, right? And I think a lot of it happens with they don't realize they just they, that they didn't know why they were doing it in the first place. They didn't know what the purpose of doing a podcast, what they really wanted to do. But even if they did, and they got six or eight episodes in, and they didn't like it. And I've had clients that, you know, I used to be, Alex, I used to be like, come on, you got to put in the reps. You got to keep on, you know, you got to, you know, like the coach in the gym, right? Come on, let's, you know, five more, five, four, three. Yeah. You know, and, and, and by the time they got to episode 20, you could just tell they hated it. Their voice changed. Their everything about it changed. And now I've just changed my whole thing on this. And that is, if you don't like doing it, find something else. If you need a podcast, find someone else to do it. Uh, because podcasting is absolutely can be beneficial to you. It can fill a bunch of ROIs for you, depending on what that is. If it's financial, if it's getting more speaking engagements, if it's getting whatever that is. But man, if you don't like doing it, it's really important to be able to have someone that can identify that and get you maybe out of that seat. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, I've I've never given it much thought because I think that Chris, I think I go with your your old thought process, which is just, you got to grind okay. it out. You got to go. Okay. Get, you know, the 20, getting 20 episodes is like, once you're there, you can make it pretty far. The next drop off is at like 50, I think, or something like that for people to get to. And that's like kind of where the, the stats go. And like, there's, it's a high failure rate, but I have always leaned more towards the keep on going. But I love what you're saying here, which is like, if you really hate it, just stop, right? If, if you hate it, because it's a lot of work and you, you know, there's obviously you got to get going to get into the, the real reason behind it. But if someone just straight up doesn't like it, then yeah, then then don't do it. There's other forms of creation, right? Like you can you can create online and be that creator, and, and many other ways you can dance on TikTok for for you know whatever whatever you want to do. But no, I I think that's a really interesting thought that I have not thought about. Oh yeah, and Jim, by the way, you're you have like a TikTok channel devoted to your dances, right? Yeah. <laughs> do the do the gym, everybody. We do the gym. I like that. I can do that. <laughs> This is um, this is an incredible conversation. I'm, I apologize we're jumping all over the place, but um, I I wanted to touch on this. We're gonna we're gonna get into Podmatch because I am a Podmatch user. Full disclosure, I'm I'm in the agency uh, program and I have a number of clients there. We actually used Podmatch to have the guest that you see here on your screen because we knew that was the way we can get Alex San Filippo on our show. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> so, Alex, what makes a good podcast guest? I think there's a, there's a handful of things here, but the, the very first one is somebody who really knows why they're showing up and can articulate that before they even get booked. And sometimes, and I don't mean to be rude, but sometimes I find that that coaches, more like general life coaches and stuff like that, they don't quite understand the reason that they're going on a show. And so they'll share, share stories. Like they'll talk about their dog, they'll talk about surfing, they'll talk about this and that. And it kind of goes all over the place. And I'm not trying to be rude, but then you get those coaches that are like honed in. Like I'm a coach that only helps this person. They got it dialed in. And then they'll share like on that one track the whole way, but in a way that adds value. And I'm, I'm picking on coaches. That goes for anything, right? But for that reason of like having that focus is why I've always liked authors. Because if they have a book and I say, hey, we're talking about this book, they seem to stay on track pretty well because they hopefully know their book pretty well. And so for me, the very first thing is just for, for to be a good guest is to know why you're going there, to be able to articulate that. So that when somebody says, hey, will you come on and talk about... You live in Jacksonville, Florida, talk about surfing. You can say, no, I, I don't really talk about that. I talk about building a, a business that you can enjoy, right? Like you can, you can say that. And if you can tie it in, great. Because it's a surfing business, why not? But my point is like they know their direction is the first thing. The next thing is one that I'm really working on is the ability to 
answer bad questions really well. And the reason I say I'm working on this is because the one number one question every podcast guest get, gets asked is, tell the listeners about yourself. You all didn't ask that, by the way. Like I said, Jim and Chris, you all are pros. But that is the number one question I've been asked. Tell the listeners about yourself. You get the wrong... like If you're a host and you get the wrong guest on, they're going to go for 20 minutes on that. And it's not going to be about anything that you want to talk to them about because they're going to talk about what they ate last week, what their favorite color is, right? Like everything. And so it's to answer those questions. Like a good guest can answer in a way that they say, how can I answer this in real time in a way that will direct the conversation back to where we want it to go? Versus just, well, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. I, I live here, but I don't surf because I can't stand up on a surfboard. Right? Like these things don't get <laughs> shared, right? But the thing is, they have that direction. So again, they know what they share. They can answer those bad questions in a really good way. And the next thing is, they can always return it back to the host. Like they have to remember that like the audience is here. They, they might show up because of the guest, but they stay because of the host. And they have to make sure they can find a way to direct it back to them, not to make themselves look amazing. Like, oh yeah, Jim and Chris are all right, but let me tell you what I did on Amazon. You know, like there's none of that. It goes back to the fact that, hey, you're here with, with deal casters. These are the best of the best. They can find a way to tastefully direct that back. There's a lot more things, but those are some of the main things I find that keep listeners engaged with a guest. Because again, a listener is staying because they like the host. And when a guest is talking good about the host, that reinforces why the listener is there in my mind. Well, you're doing it right now with us. I mean, it's like it did it, it almost, you know, you're you're actually like even before you answered the question the way you did, you were serving us in this conversation, right? And and as uh, us being podcast host, who's bigger on your screen right now? It's not Jim Fuse it, because he would make both of us invisible by the way, Alex. <laughs> right, of course. But but it's it's you. You are the star of our show. Like if if uh, these these knuckleheads that are on the right hand side of your screen showed up every week and we were big every time, it would get a little it would get a little boring. So you've chosen to come to our house. You are our guest, right? You are someone. So when you have someone that's coming into your home and you know that they're coming, what do you do? You clean the house a little bit, maybe. You know, you you maybe you know pull out those those Entenmann's uh, coffee uh, you know coffee cakes you know that you were you know that you got not the day old ones like the really the ones that just came out you know like the, you know you've got somebody coming out you know like the orange juice and cookies backstage I, I you know but delicious by the way thank you yeah of course of course it's cinnamon that's the secret ingredient mm, that okay. uh, Jim's wife uh, puts in that so <laughs> speaking of uh, being a be- uh, a good guest. Podcast guest mastery as well as podcast host mastery are available here on Amazon. And if you're not uh, familiar how to get right here and w- continue to watch the show, pick up the books and that buttery smooth uh, M- Sure MV7, come on over to dealcasters.live or you can come here and go to podmatch.dealcasters.live. But I'm going to read a little bit or just uh, not, not read it verbatim, but something that caught that I dog eared on Podmatch guest mastery here, Alex was something from our uh, mutual friend, Mike Capuzzi, um, who uh, obviously was a key component of these books Thanks, uh, as, as well. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. And I really love the concept when you're a podcast guest is, you know, what seems to happen, sort of the typical run of show, 95% of podcasts do this, right? There's intro music, there's a, hi, I do this, and... And then here's who your guest is, then the show. And then at the end, how can people find you, right? Another question that's not that great, by the way, right? Right. How can people find you, right? It just is like, of course, you know how to find this person. Like, how do you... And, and by the way, 
who's and what that tells your audience is okay, show's over, right? Show's done. They're winding down. Forget it. You know, whatever. Instead, start weaving that in. But I really love the concept and the value. And one of the other values of this book is the concept of of offering a gift to the host, to the listeners and the viewers of the of that particular podcast, offering a gift to them on the front end. No one says no to that. If Alex, if you came on and said, Chris, Jim, I've got a gift for your viewers, for your listeners. I want them to have this. I don't I mean, whatever it is. And who's going to say no to that? Well, that's going to be touched on during the course of the conversation. And in the book, it's got all of these people's gifts as, as examples that, they, that you can use on your show. I thought that was a, just a brilliant, mm-hmm. um, uh, brilliant concept that, that Mike brought up. And that's just one of like 30 different people on these two books that are giving you value for these things. So the, I mean, what, how did you come up with that concept of, of, of putting together these gifts for, uh, for this book? And maybe if you could maybe speak a little bit more about Mike's approach. Yeah. So first off, everyone should know, like I picked up these books. So it was community driven. Actually, they weren't my idea at all. As a matter of fact, members of our community approached saying, hey, we'd like to write a book about how we podcast guests. And they're like, we talked to some people who are podcast hosts and they want to write the same thing. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I don't know anything about books. Like I know how to read them. That's about all I know. And, uh, and they're like, well, there's a guy on Podmatch named Mike Capuzzi who knows this stuff. Can we introduce you? So I got introduced and he's like, hey, here's how I would approach it. And like, literally, I think I, I spent six hours total working on these two books. That's all I did. And I'm very thankful for that because it was community driven, which is everything we do at Pod Pros. Like, everything we do is by the community for the community. So it just furthers that, that mission and vision. The one thing I told Mike, I'm like, this has to add value. Actually, two things. Sorry. This has to add value. We have to find a way to, to make this worthwhile to anyone who picks it up. That's the first thing. And number two, I said, I never want to make a single penny off of this. I'm like, anything that comes to me, I am donating. I'm going to pick the cause right now. And so we, we worked all that stuff out. I'm like, and those were the, two, the only two rules I put on it. And the thing is, I have these books all kinds of marked up. I'm like reading through. I'm like, dang, that's a good idea. Like, and like, so I'm like going through it. And one side note here, I gave my co-founder, Jesse Hunter, I gave him a copy of each book and he started opening up and I'm like, you know what? We could change the software so it could do this. I, I immediately was like, give me these books. You're not allowed to read these books. Like, <laughs> we got to stay focused, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, again, this is people that we consider to be the, we call it, you know, Podmatch guest and host mastery because these are people that have, they've done very well as podcasters, but they've also done exceptionally well on Podmatch specifically. And they are just sharing the best tips for both sides of those things, like how to use that. And the, the, the thing is, they've added so much value that people buy the host book. They've like emailed them and be like, I'm only a host, but I bought the guest book too. So I could learn what it's like to be a good guest. Brilliant. Um, it's just been so much, like, so much value add, including to me uh, as a person who's read through it, right? Like, I'm like, man, this is really good stuff. But at the end of the day, again, like, it had to lead from value and it had to really serve our community and be by and for our community. That was what was really important to me. Yeah, and and I want to tell you too something, uh, Alex. As someone that's been live streaming for over four years as a live stream host, and and this is something we we kind of talked about before the show. This these books, even as a live streamer, gave me some ideas of how I can do a better live stream show. And so, part of my question to you is, do you think Podmatch is possibly a place too where maybe live stream hosts want to consider? either host or, or even the guest, because I did notice that some of the people in the book are doing 
Uh, they may not always be live, but they are doing a video podcast. And that is something that is growing. There's a big push, right? YouTube now has podcasts. And, and even this show right now, we're live streaming this, but we're also going to turn this into an audio podcast. Have you thought about expanding that reach to the, the live stream community? Because I don't think there's a, you know, anything like this that I've seen outside of what you've created with Podmatch. Yeah, it's look, first off, by the way, Team Replay, that's me. Once again, I listen to this show while I'm in the gym. That's when I listen. Um, it, it's got the right energy, so it's not like making me tired while I'm working out. Because some podcasts, you know, it's like it's like, man, I don't want to work out anymore. I'm just gonna sit here, right? So, <laughs> you guys have never made me tired. By the way, that you all do this episode, so great this this show, so great job. Um, but I think that like as a live streamer, like you might as well repurpose it, unless it's straight up a visual thing. Like I'll, I'll do this, and for all the audio listeners, I'm showing off a water bottle. But if you're like, check this out. Do you guys see what this says on here? And like, look at the shape of this right here. It's got this here. What I just did, just sing, like anyone who was listening on audio no, has no idea what just happened. And again, I was just showing off a water bottle that's not that fancy. Um, it's probably on Amazon though. But uh, anyway, the, um, the point is like, if you are not doing something like that specifically, you can easily repurpose it to audio. And like, I always say audio first. Like my mind's like, hey, produce whatever you're doing for audio first. Now, if you're a live stream, that is totally different. But your guy's show, I've never listened to the audio version of it because that's how I listen and felt left out. Like I've never had that happen. Been like, oh man, I wish I knew what they were talking about. Like that just hasn't happened. And so you all do a good job with that. And I think that for anyone who's live streaming, if you can find a way to say, you know what? Can I have audio in mind? The best way I've actually found to do this, and this maybe takes it really extreme, pretend like you have people that want to consume your content that are blind. Mm. If you think about it that way and keep those people in mind, because you may Great actually tip. have some of those people. If you can keep them in mind, you can do a good job converting whatever you have to a podcast. And I know some people that are really like they will describe a water bottle. I'm holding again, but they will do it in such a way that when you listen to an audio, you feel like you can see it. And and so for me, I tell people like, hey, just repurpose that. Like I use, I'm not affiliated, but I use I use Buzzsprout. They're also in Jacksonville, Florida, so it makes it real easy. I literally schedule out something to go, and it goes to everybody: Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and thousands of other places at the push of a button. There's no like ongoing work for it. So anyone who's live streaming is like, ooh, but I don't want to take the time to put it on those places. You don't have to. These these syndication companies, they do it on your behalf. And so, yeah, like I know I'm answering this question a long way, but I'm passionate about repurposing the content. There might be a lot of people who would love to consume your live stream, but they want to do it on Team Replay, right? Like me, I'm one mm -hmm. of those people for the majority. And, and yeah, I think that you can use a service like, like Podmatch very easily to say, you know what? I'm going to start sourcing some guests. That is something that you can do. And it, it's, again, it's just going to make the whole process easier for you, I believe. Yeah, you're speaking. Uh, you're speaking my love language, which is repurposing uh, right now. And this is exactly how I use it, Alex. I have a number of clients, including one that is in here in the chat, P Primo. Uh, shout out to P Primo and the P Primo Show. Um, and we use this for guests on his show and other shows, The Big Ticket Life, Dealcasters, and others. And uh, what you're seeing right now gets repurposed into an audio podcast. And I think a lot of people kind of run into that. Well, how do I do it? Because my show runs this way or show runs that way. It's fairly simple. And I know you've had speakers on Podcasting Made Simple and uh, at the events that you've had for, for pod pros that talk about doing a run of show. And if it is a live show, how you could take a segment and not have to edit for hours to be able to repurpose that into a podcast. Um, and I thought you know, I should also make uh, mention 
In addition to these books, in the carousel as well is the podcast, Podcasting Made Simple, hosted by Alex Sanfilippo, which has... I, I really love the podcast, Alex, because in a way, it has enough, there, there's consistency, consistency in terms of the topic, right? And, and, in podcasting, but there's variance within that. So you can get really, you know, in, in depth about certain elements of podcast, but it's also like there'll be one episode and it would be you solo or it might be somebody else that you've recorded from a particular, uh, broadcast that you've hosted or it may be an interview. There's, there's different things that are going on there, but there's always a consistent episode that is consistent on theme. Is that, is that intentional on your part? And do you do any live stream repurposing? So I don't do any live streaming at all. I'm, I'm scared to death of what you all do, but I respect the heck out of it. But I am going to have you all come speak at one of my quarterly events about it so I can gain some confidence. Like I, when I had the entrepreneurship podcast, learn to become an entrepreneur. I do that with podcasting now. So you all can kind of follow my trend. Like I, I bring on people that are interesting that I can learn from so I can do this. And at some point, who knows? Maybe I'll be the next, uh, I don't know, deal casters or something like that. Who knows? Oh. Like, um, but yeah, the, the point is there. Like I don't do it now, but that's the type of thing I like to bring on the show. Because anything in my mind that helps a guest or host go further faster, that's what we bring on Podcasting Made Simple. The idea is either side of the mic, how can we support it? And what we do is every other week is either for a guest or host. The thing is, a lot of our hosts, they just listen to all the episodes. And same with all the guests. They're like, oh, wow, this will teach me what a good host looks like. So I'm going to listen to what they say about it. We try to keep them fairly short for the most part. The interview is a little bit longer. But other than that, we try to keep it really short and straight to the point. Again, it's just helping them go further faster. And that's the idea behind it. Awesome. Amazing. So let me, uh, let me work into my next question. Uh, what makes a good podcast host? A lot of things. <laughs> The first thing that we just kind of talked about there is is having some sort of specific niche, some sort of focus, I think is the first thing. If it's a general podcast these days, I find that just doesn't really do as well. Like at one point when there wasn't a lot of shows, like you could do that. And if you're super famous, you can start a show about whatever you want or probably do well. But if you're like me, you got to actually have some sort of focus. You can't be everything to everybody. And the way I always say it is when someone tells me, well, Alex, my show is kind of for everybody. I always say that it's for nobody then. They're like, well, no, it's for everybody. I'm like, well, nobody's everybody. So it doesn't work like that, right? Like it, it just can't. And I think it's important to keep that in mind is that we have to have some sort of focus with the content. So step one for me is make sure that you know that. The next thing is once you have that focus, who's the avatar in that space? So like, who is it that you actually speak to? And I like to get really specific like this. So like my avatar or ideal listeners, another way to say it, he has a name. His name's Adam. And I know everything about Adam, his age, where he lives, when he listens, which happens to be the gym. He's kind of similar to me, right? Like he's in his, he's in a podcaster, but he's also thinking about being a guest now because he wants to grow his show faster, right? Like I've got all these specific things. So I've got the focus, I've got the avatar. And then I just make sure that will all of my content serve that person. All of my content serve that person. And so I run it by everything. When someone pitches me an idea of like, hey, Alex, I want to talk about this on Podcasting Made Simple. My first question is, will this add value? to Adam's journey? And if the answer is no, or even eh, maybe, then it's a no. At the end of the day, as a podcast host, our number one goal is to protect our listeners from whoever comes on our show. Like You are the wall that's going to, to help them. And the reason that people stay around your podcast is because they feel like they can trust you. But here's the thing. If next week, I keep on using... I live really close to the ocean. So I keep on using surfing as an example. I don't yeah. surf. Let me give that disclaimer. Okay. But if I bring on a guest to talk about building surfboards... I just broke trust for my listeners. This is podcasting made simple. This is not surfing made simple. 
Good show idea, though, by the way. Side note. But the thing is, <laughs> if I break that trust, now they're like, uh, I wonder if the next episode will be good. And they'll tell, like, someone's like, oh, you listen to that show? And be like, yeah, but they have some weird stuff on there, right? Like, that's how the conversation is going to go. So keeping this simple and kind of kind of short for you guys here, again, make sure that you have a niche, a focus for the show that's very narrow. Number two, make sure you know who the ideal listener is and really speak to them. And make sure you don't bring on wrong guests, wrong content. Share what they're actually looking for to help them go further faster. As I said, that should always be the goal. Yeah, so important. I think, And I think, too, one of the things I got out of the books as well is it's okay to say no, right? Yes. Don't think just because, oh, all these people want me to be on their show or all these people want to be on my show that you need to accept them. You really need to do your homework. And one of the things that, that Chris and I both do, whether it's for this show or other shows we work with is, you know, people are looking at, in a sense, your portfolio. Has this person been on camera before? What do they sound like? You, you know, that gets talked about by several of, of your uh, contributors to the books is like, you need to know this up front because if the person doesn't have the energy, the show is going to be horrible. And you're, you know, then the question is, do you even, you know, put it out there? I mean, you just, you know, gave away a part of your life you're not going to get back. And so uh, it, it's just like in business, right? We're not, old, we shouldn't say yes to everybody that says they want to work with it. It's the same thing whether you're a guest or whether you're a host. Uh, you know, y- you deserve to. You know, reach out. You know, if anything, you're going to reach out to those five people that are better than you that are going to make you better. I think, Jim, what you just shared is so insightful. Can I add something to that to real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I'm just going to level with you guys. Like, I, I'm a people pleaser. And at first, when people started asking to be on my show, at first I was honored, right? And then it was like, whoa, there's a lot of people now who want to be on my show. I'm like, I'm so thankful for that. But I really struggled with like, how do I say no when I know it's the wrong fit? And if I can be honest with you guys, and we're live, so honest with the world, the, there was a few people early on when they started asking me on the show that I said yes to that I knew I should have said no to, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. So for anyone who's listening or watching, and you're like me, you're that people pleaser, I found a really simple way to let somebody down in a graceful way. So what I say, I still do it today because I'm a people pleaser. So I say, hey, thank you so, so much for reaching out. I really appreciate it. This show is really focused on helping a podcast guest or host go further faster. And I can tell that that's just not your expertise, although you have a lot of expertise in another field. I think it's in your and my best interest not to, to waste each other's time. And I really respect yours. So for that reason, I'm going to have to pass. And I share I almost that. like that word for word. And ev- I've had one person one time get mad at that. Everyone else has been like, wow, I really... like." Literally, they're like, wow, I really respect the way that you responded to me. And so like, it's, it's helped me feel like I'm not necessarily like, no, get lost. Right, like which mm-hmm. that, that that's uncomfortable for me to do. To now being like, you know what, I'm coming from a place of service, not just for myself, my audience, but also to them. I don't want to waste your time. It's too valuable for me to steal it like that. And positioning uh, always helped me do get really good at saying no. And I, I say no ninety percent of the time now. Alex, let me take that a step further because I think too because because like and I think all three of us are a little bit guilty of that that people pleasing. Maybe not Chris as much, but. Uh, do you ever sometimes though think like you know hey uh, I don't think you'd be a good fit for my show but let me introduce you to you know Joe or Susie who I think you guys might be the right fit because I think sometimes you know we can help others by guiding them towards somebody that is you know where it'll help both parties. Do you think that's also something that you can do? I mean, you may not be able yes. to do it all the time, but what what do you think of that? that that's a good. I, I love that you brought. I love where this conversation is going. This is so good. I know we're probably close to the end, but I, I love that we got to talk about this. 100% yes. It doesn't happen all the time. But sometimes if I can see where that's going, 
it, not only do I make the recommendation and sometimes I'll even do an introduction, but I also explain why, which I hope helps them become a better host as well to realize like, oh, or sorry, better guests, like, right? Like they, they realize like, oh, I shouldn't go on all the shows. I should stay a little bit more focused. I've done that a handful of times when I, only when I actually know somebody, right? I'm not like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, talk to my buddy, Chris. He like, he'll, he'd love to have you on the show. You know, like I don't just do that and like have that fallback person because I believe you can fall into that. But yes, if you can continue to add value and take it a step further, that's amazing. I think that's a great thing to do. So back to the host thing. There's in I, I referred to Mike Capuzzi in, in the in the pod, podcast guest mastery. Now we're talking about uh, podcast host mastery. And by the way, if you are watching, and there's a ton of people here on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. And we have a lot of new uh, viewers who are chiming in. You've got a lot of fan. You brought your fan club uh, with you. I call them. Uh, Alex. They're, they're community members. I, I don't. I, I just have community that I'm part of. That's it. I love it. Thanks for being we here. We appreciate everybody. it. We'd love if you uh, ca- uh, came over and uh, to Amazon, uh, where these books are available, as as well as uh, a lot of the stuff that Alex uses day to day in his entrepreneurial journey, and including those earbuds and his lighting, and uh, as well as these two great books here. Just go to podmatch.dealcasters.live. It'll bring you right here to this show on Amazon. And thank you, Robin and uh, Wujin, who uh, who also followed us, and Marion Abrams, who uh, we are huge fans of Grounded Pod, uh, Grounded Content Podcast, as well as following. So if you do come over to Amazon, please smash that uh, follow button. And every time, I don't know if you knew this, Alex. Every time someone follows Dealcasters on Amazon, a Blue Yeti gets its wings. Really? No, that's a, yeah. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yes. And you mean yeah. it flies away so they can replace it with this, right? Is that that's right. They can assure MB7 okay. and Just replace it. Just sure that that's what you meant by that. So Right. Right. It's up to them to put it in the put it in their 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 their, their uh, cart. Yeah. Their cart. Yes, that's the word. You would think I would know that by now being on on Amazon. So uh this book, uh podcast host a mastery. Um, another person here that I thought had a really interesting thing uh is um Wayne Galt, who's the three-day weekend uh, entrepreneur. Um, I thought he used to be the four-day work week. Is he, has he changed that now you to three-day? I'm not going to tell you his whole story. He did change it at the recommendation of like, I think one of his kids is like, three-day weekend sounds better. And he was like, shoot, it does. And it really he does. Change it. And I think his audience like took off. It's just simple wording, right? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was asked what beginner's mistake uh, was made. Um, and and it's sort of to your point. He just took um, a lot of a lot of people on because he was he was just like he was happy with some quantity. And what I thought was interesting is that, and I've noticed this on Podmatch too. There is some very competent people, I'm, you know. And you, uh, which I would love to get into here too, maybe a two parter question here. You've gone to great lengths to make sure that this just isn't like anyone can come in and pay you however much money to be a part of this and just kind of like do the scattershot uh, approach of yeah. I want to get on as many shows as possible or have as many people on as possible. You look at it from a, from a quality perspective and say, who is, who's really utilizing the platform in the right way? And you just kind of clean house a little bit. But I thought one of the things that Wayne spoke about was, you know, there's some really competent, high level, very, you know, there's some people I'm, I'm, very, quite frankly, you know, a little intimidated about approaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I see that. I'm like, wow, okay, this, this has some, some pretty high level things. 
But I think one of the mistakes he had as a podcast host when he was approached by someone who was competent is he went at the competence and said, oh my gosh, this person does all of these things and is bestseller and spoken on stages and all of these great things. But they didn't speak to his audience. They didn't serve his audience. And that was like the biggest mistake um, that, that he felt like he had made sort of to what you, what, you, uh, what you had spoken about earlier. I don't know if you want to touch on that or the piece about how you've you continue to look at Podmatch and, and improving that in terms of the, the quality of, of hosts and guests there. Yeah, I, I can actually tie both together because it really goes, it, it's the same vision for, for me. So like so, something we do, what you're talking about is we, we call it like a member purge, which most software companies literally, like I've been called crazy for doing that. They're like, yo, you, if you ever want an investor, which we currently don't, but if you ever want an investor, like you need to show big numbers, right? Like you need to get to 100,000 people using it. And we continuously, every chance we get, we remove people. And now I'm not removing people that I'm like, oh, you don't have enough experience. You're out of here. Like we don't do that. But people that are clearly there to do something with ill intent, they're gone. People that are inactive, they're stopping their show, they're gone. They've got to go, right? Like again, not trying to be rude, but we have to protect the quality that we have. And because we have a smaller tribe, there's, as we're we're recording this, there's 15,000 people or so who use it, I think. And that's still a good number. But the important thing is for people to think about like, hey, I don't want you just to brush through all these people really quick because there's not unlimited. You will run out if you do that. The idea is sit with this person, their profile, and look at it and say, is this going to really serve my audience? And we have prompts, especially when you're new. Like right when you join, like, hey, don't reach out to that many people that fast. Slow down. Did you look to make sure that this person is actually going to add value to your audience or vice versa? You can't just say, yeah, I want to go on this show. It's like, did you take the time to to realize if you want to go on the show? Did you listen to an episode? And so we've done our best to like, work toward that behavior, if that makes sense, from the total number perspective and from the amount of actions you can take and from the different prompts that will just display on your screen for a limited time when you're new. All really important to us. And I think that it's key to having that successful show. Going back to the listener, right? A listener doesn't want to hear all things from all people. They are there because they want to learn something about something specific that you've promised them. So going back to the show we're talking about, three-day weekend. If it's not about how I develop that three-day weekend, doesn't matter, right? So it's got to be focused on that. And the more time we can encourage someone to take to make sure that that guest or host is going to further that, the better. God, yeah, that's, that's, that is absolute gold. I love, I love that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on your screen is the, uh, the, uh, the man, the myth, the wonder of the Jacksonville surfer, Alex Sanfilippo. Uh, from Podmatch. Uh, he is uh, the co-author and he just admitted it took him six hours to do two books, which, come on, really? Six hours? I'm I mean, thankful no. for the community. I think, I'm so thankful for the people that, that yeah, were They, say, they did better than I could have ever done. If I did all the time myself, it wouldn't have turned out half as good as that book. those two books are. This is incredible. I think, um, I think it's a testament to, to that community that it was like we can do this, and you know, clearly, it's 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 a part of the DNA of why you're doing Podmatch. It's not just something to promote Podmatch. I it was something that I I very quickly early on realized like this isn't just a big commercial. Like you can use it's teaching you how to use Podmatch and how to do it well, but you could like just read it and never subscribe to Podmatch and mm-hmm. become a better podcast guest yeah. and a better podcast host. It talks about attention to detail. It talks about after a show, um, after, you know, promoting the episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we went on uh, today, earlier today, Alex Sanfilippo sent us a video 
talking to us about how excited he was to be on the episode, how he was promoting it, how what he was going to do in advance, and what he was going to do after the show. That, if you do that as a podcast guest, you are in the 0.05% top percentile of all podcast guests because practically no one does that. And that is like, that's, that's, that's like white glove level service, Alex. So thank you for yes, that. Appreciate yeah, it. It was, was because amazing. I got the cookies and, uh, and orange juice. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got those things in the mail. I figured I should send a video. No, but thank you for pointing that out. I think that's an important thing. Like I do a lot of things that other people don't do. That video took me a minute and a half to record, by the way. I didn't prep for it. It took me a minute and a half. That minute and a half that I spent made me stand out in two legends' minds, right? Like, as a guest, I think all this stuff. And that's why grabbing a book like this, even if you don't grab it, like at least take this to heart. Doing these little things make you stand out. And again, I'm not saying like I barely put any effort into like sending that video, but it wasn't like four hours of my time. It was a minute and a half of my time right before I walked out to go to the gym, right? Like it, it worked out just fine though. It, it's, it's, a, it's a personal touch one. And, and it, it's funny. I, I've done this sometime on LinkedIn. If you were to like type, you know, happy birthday, Alex or whoever, and record the video, it takes the same amount of time. But I feel like the, the video is that much more impactful. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to follow up uh, with, uh, with Alex and with, you can go to podmatch.com, but you can also go to Alex Sanfilippo. Dot com and that'll take you directly to his Podmatch profile, which I, you know, and we're big fans of redirects uh, as as well and getting uh, getting where you need to. And if you're an entrepreneur, that is another little pro tip. Well, there's this this episode has been chock full of pro tips. Pro tips. I'm, That's what we should just title it. Pro tips. That's pro it. Tips. Let's do it. I mean, listen, we're in control of repurposing. We can call it whatever we want to do it, man. Right. We're in control of it. Awesome, Alex. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us for serving. Not only you know continuing to serve the community that you have, but serving ours, and we appreciate you taking the time, sir. Any last words before we uh, sign off? Well, first off, Chris, Jim, thank you so so much for having me. I love what Dealcasters does. This has become like a favorite of mine to listen to, especially in the gym because the energy, right? Love what you all do. Thank you for having me. The, the final thing that I'll share is actually a, a quote by by Helen Keller: "Alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much." We talked about again and again how like these books weren't just written by me, right? Like I didn't spend a lot of time with it, but like look at what we accomplished together. And I think we've got to think about that. Like as a podcast guest and host, you're doing something together to help serve somebody else. And I think the more we have that mentality of we're here to serve, we're here to help, we're better together. I think we're going to drive this industry, even the live stream industry, just really far. And I think that you guys, once again, you guys are really great examples of how that works because you two together are better than either of you alone. And I just really appreciate Gannon being here and I hope that adds some value to people. Mic drop. Beautiful. Thank you. Don't fear the gear. Thanks for listening to Dealcasters. Congratulations. You've taken another step forward in your content creation journey. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button here in your favorite podcast player, so you can be reminded every time we drop an episode. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. And if you're wanting to watch our shows live on Amazon, feel free to follow Dealcasters Live as well at dealcasters.live. Follow us on Twitter or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also included added content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you have questions about this episode or have something you want us to review, you can also email us at dealcasters at dealcasters.live. Thanks again for listening. And you know the deal. Don't fear the gear.